This episode contains adult language and topics that may be disturbing for some listeners. Such topics include suicide, drug use, physical or sexual abuse of a child. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Erica. And this is From From Crime Crime to to Crime. Crime. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm actually looking at new microphones right now because you just yelled at me that I need a new one. (laughs) No, we both need new ones. Oh, well, okay. I'll look for a two-pack. Anyway, you pretty excited about tonight's episode? It's the first time we're going out of the country. I am excited. Well, that's a lie. No, (laughs) it is a lie. Absolutely. I guess it's the first time we've gone overseas because we've done a couple of cases in Canada, but that almost doesn't count as a different country. It is, I guess, our first overseas one at least this year so at least ever i don't think we've ever done one i think we've talked about several but yeah i think you're right i think canada is as far out of the country as we've gone yeah so for everybody listening we're gonna head to norway for this episode are you gonna give us your best norway accent norwegian accent no okay just checking i don't have a norwegian accent you don't have one in your repertoire i believe i believe that you do i (laughs) you want to try it and see No. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Istal woman. That's a moniker that was given to an unidentified woman who was found dead in the Istalin Valley in Bergen, Norway on November 29th, 1970. And this valley is also known as like the Ice Valley or Death Valley. Oh, there's another one. I thought we only had that one in California. No, Norway apparently has their own. Oh, wow. I've never been to either. Well, that's probably why you're alive. So over 50 years later, we still don't know who this woman is, even though there was a ton of stuff that was learned about her that was very interesting. So on Sunday, November 29th, 1970, a dad and his two daughters were hiking in this area known as Death Valley. And apparently their Death Valley is called that because they had a lot of suicides in the Middle Ages. Oh. And then more recently, they've had a lot of hiking deaths because it's a valley full of ice. So you probably shouldn't be hiking. It's just a problem no matter no matter how you slice it. Yeah. So when this family smelled some kind of burnt smell, they followed it to this area with like a lot of boulders and rocks. And sort of amongst the boulders, they found the charred remains of a woman. And so this is 1970, so they had to go back to the city of Bergen to notify the police. So once the police arrived and started to investigate, they found the woman lying on her back. The front of her body and her clothes had been severely burned, but the back of her was hardly burned at all, like wasn't burned at all. So just the front. Yeah. And isn't that so weird? Like, is it because like there was an accelerant put on her and like once because it was put on her and just the front, like it accelerated, it burned and then was done? Like, do we know? No, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not an arson investigator. I have a lot of theories, is that, but we'll get into Is that one of the them? End. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a thought. Yeah. Also located near her body was an empty bottle of St. Halvard liqueur, two plastic bottles that likely just contained water, a plastic passport container, rubber boots, a woolen jumper, a scarf, nylon stockings, an umbrella, a purse, a matchbox, a watch, Two earrings, a ring, and a silver spoon with the monogram filed off. I've always thought that piece was so interesting that, like, there was a monogram on it and they went to such lengths as to file it off. Yeah, and just 
the amount of stuff that was found near her but like that's a lot of things it really is yeah liquor bottles water bottles boots clothing like it's just a lot of stuff jewelry that's a lot of things for somebody like that to have next to them it's like um yeah and to have no id like no passport in the passport holder. right it's very reminiscent of the jane doe that that they just figured out in the in the cemetery um i'm blanking on her name uh annandale, annandale. Jane Doe. Annand- yeah annandale jane doe exactly yeah she had a lot of stuff with her too yeah yeah so around this jane doe's body were traces of burned paper and beneath it was a hat that later tests determined had traces of petrol or gas on it oh, but that okay. was the only accelerant that they found and it was yeah. traces, and it wasn't burned. The hat was underneath her, remember, where it wasn't burned. I mean, maybe she was doused with it, and, like, maybe someone doused it in her face, it hit the hat, went behind her, she fell down, and it burned like that. Is that not an option? Well, I mean, it could be. We'll get into that in theory land, because you're just, like... Oh, yeah, I'm just guessing. Throwing out wild guesses that are just going to muddy up this story. 100%. So also, very oddly, the labels on all these items that were found near her or around her had either been removed or rubbed off. So, like, labels on some of the clothing and stuff had been cut off or on some of the bottles had been rubbed off. The monogram on the spoon had been filed off. Oh, yeah. They, these people did not want anyone to be able to figure out who she was. And in 1970, they were probably like, you'll never figure it out. You know, and so far they're right. Yeah. The police didn't have much to go on at all from the scene. And it was tentatively being ruled a suicide. Although it's been told since that most of the investigators really didn't think so. But they didn't have anything to prove that it wasn't. That's got to be so frustrating to be like, we can't prove that it was this, but we don't think that it was. But... We don't know what else it is, so... Right? We'll just settle at this. Yeah, and then three days later, they found two suitcases at the Bergen train station. And what they found in the suitcases was pretty interesting. They found 500 Deutschmark notes, which is German. They found clothing, shoes, wigs, makeup, prescription eczema cream, 135 Norwegian kroner, Belgian, British, and Swiss coins, maps, timetables, a pair of glasses with non-prescription lenses. Times tables? Yes. Like two times two times tables? I don't know. Oh, well then what is a times table if it's not that? I don't know. I thought it was like times in different countries, like... You know how, like, on your phone it has, like, the world clock now? Where if you're, like, somewhere you can go, oh, it's 12.30 p.m. in Germany, you know? I thought it was times tables were, like, how to know what time it was in different places, but I never even thought about math. I live with a teacher, so, uh, and I have two kids who take math, but, okay, interesting, hmm. Maybe you should Google what times tables are. I'm going to look that up now. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, there was cosmetics and a notepad with some sort of code on the notepad. They also found sunglasses in these suitcases. And the key item would turn out to be those sunglasses because they had a fingerprint on the lens that matched the Istal woman's fingerprints. So they confirmed that these suitcases were her stuff. I haven't found anything besides the times table in math, by the way. I'm looking. All right. Yeah, so they knew this was her stuff that they found in the train station. Yeah, but still no ID for any of this stuff. So, cool, they're able to match the fingerprints to it, but, like, they can't identify who she is, though. Yeah, and even in all the stuff that they found in the suitcases, the labels were removed, even on the prescription eczema cream. So her name, her doctor's name, the pharmacy it would have been filled at, like, all of that was removed. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, this feels... 
planned, right? Like, Yeah, so either her or whoever did this to her didn't want anybody to know who she was. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. They went to, like, extreme lengths to hide her identity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, who would have even thought to check for or take the names and stuff off of the uh, the models? Like, if this was something done in a rush, you'd be like, oh, shit, she's dead. I'm out. Right. And move on. Like, this was, like, a planned thing. Yeah. So they didn't have a whole lot to go on right away. And, you know, in the beginning, they assumed that her being burned had something to do with her death. But when her autopsy results came back, it revealed that she had died due to incapacitation by phenobarbital and poisoning by carbon monoxide. Mm. Soot was found in her lungs. So she was alive when she was burned. But lab tests of her blood and stomach contents showed that she had consumed between 50 and 70 Phenomol brand sleeping pills. Oh, my. And 12 pills were found near her body. God, that's like an entire bottle. We'll just call it because it's probably several. But like, it's hard to get pills down somebody's stomach. Like, in, I guess unless you're like forcing yeah. her with, with them, like with a gun or a, uh, some other type of weapon, or you know, threatening, yeah. I suppose. But 50 to 70 pills feels on purpose. It does not feel like somebody accidentally took a few too many sleeping pills and it wasn't. Huh. 50 Correct. to 70 feels intentional, whether she did it or somebody forced her. Like, you have to mean to take that many pills that's that doesn't happen by accident right that's not something you just happen to forget or something yeah like oh did i take advil already and then you take two more (laughs) like no i don't think so yeah very similar yeah so her teeth and jaw were removed during the autopsy because she had some pretty unique gold fillings and dental work done that was not consistent with what they did in that region so they knew that that could be identifying and tissue samples of her organs were also taken at autopsy were there any other injuries or anything like that like on her body that might suggest that somebody else did this to her she had a small bruise on her neck possibly from a fall or a blow but that was it and they said that it didn't even bruise the skin it like bruised the muscles so it wouldn't have even been visible from the outside. Hmm. So the autopsy had no better luck IDing her than the police had or deciding whether it was a suicide or a homicide. Yeah, I can understand that. I, they, yeah, I'm not surprised they couldn't figure it out. Yeah. The sketches of the woman, though, that they had made up led to a hotel nearby that she had stayed at and checked out of on the 23rd of November. Cool. So we have a name, yeah? Yeah, but it was a fake alias that she gave. How do we know? Because it, the name that she gave traced back to not a real name, not a oh. real passport. And she used passports to check into these hotels because we're going to find out that the code in her notebook that they had found appears to have been sort of deciphered as some kind of like shorthand travel log. So it led the cops to a lot of different hotels around Norway and all over Europe and Paris and Germany and a bunch of different places. And this is when the police discovered that she used passports to check into all these places, but they all were fake. And she used at least nine different fake passports. How the hell does she get so many passports? Like now, like it's she's got to be a spy at this point, right? Like, I think that's what we're thinking. Well, that might be what you're thinking. Yeah. I mean, that's a theory. Is it not? Like, who else has this many passports and why? And from different countries. Like, I can understand if it was, like, a whole bunch of Norwegian passports. Okay, fair enough. Like, see how you get those. They almost all were Belgian passports. They almost all claimed that she was from Belgium. 
Oh, okay. Well, huh. but still, that doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. Not all of them were. <laughs> really? Like I, I mean, this sounds a lot like she's a spy, right? At least at this it point. Could be. So the other thing they figured out from this code was that it tracked her travel logs from March to April of 1970. And then there's a six month gap. And then it starts back up again in October till November when she was found in Ice Valley. Damn. And it's pretty detailed, like this travel log. And they were able to go back to all these different hotels and find witnesses that remembered her. And most of these witnesses described her as 25 to 40 years old, brown eyes, dark hair. She was also known to wear wigs sometimes. She was also described as speaking German, English, Belgian, Flemish, and French with an unknown accent. So she spoke a lot of languages. And she was said to have smoked South State cigarettes, have broad hips, small eyes and ears, and a round face. Okay, so... I yeah. mean, it does help, though, because her body was so charred and stuff. I'm sure that yeah. this, like, at least helps kind of piece this together a little bit. Yeah. She was known to travel alone, which was pretty unusual for the time, a woman traveling alone. And she's been described as self-confident when she was alone in public, but maybe a little anxious in private. Like, hotel staff said that she was a little awkward in her room. Like, she seemed nervous. Mm -hmm. And she would move furniture in and out of her room. She would constantly be asking to move rooms. And she's been described as smelling spicy or like garlic. Interesting. Wow. Those are like, I mean, garlic's a pretty distinct taste. Yeah. And smell. Yeah. And smell, yeah. Like It is thought that she was not native to Norway because she didn't have fair skin and fair hair. Garlic wasn't a common smell. Like one of the witnesses, it took him years to even go, oh my gosh, it was garlic. He described her as a spicy smell to her perfume and then years later figured out it was garlic. So apparently garlic wasn't even like very common back then in Norway. Wow. <laughs> so it's thought that she was not from the area. Right. Maybe the garlic smell was she was used to eating food from a different region. But also she had eczema and she had prescription eczema cream in her bag. Maybe it was the, the medicine from the eczema cream. I mean, could be. I suppose. Like, does eczema's cream smell like garlic? Well, it doesn't smell good. Oh, I don't know. I've never used eczema cream. Yeah, there's a lot of them that don't smell very good. Now I know. I don't know that they smell like garlic, but they don't smell great. I mean, garlic smells delicious. So, like, <laughs> I'm all for Unless it. Unless it's on somebody's breath. <laughs> In my own, dude, I'm all about it being on my own. But yeah, somebody else's, I'm not like stoked on it. Her description and the articles that were found with her were sent to Interpol and circulated around Europe, but the woman was never ID'd. So by February of 1971, so three months later, they decided to bury her in a zinc coffin to preserve her remains in case her family ever identified her and or in case the authorities needed to exhume her for further identification purposes. They buried her in a zinc coffin to preserve her. Oh, man. Wouldn't want to be a part of that team digging that up. Yeah, but it's smart thinking ahead. Yeah, smart, sure. Still gross. <laughs> and they gave her a Catholic service. And they said they did this based on items they found in her stuff. And some of the names, fake names that she had used were names of Catholic saints. 
So they oh. were like, well, good a guess as any. Yeah, good enough. To this day, she hasn't been identified. But in 2016, some investigative reporters tried to reopen the case because they were like, this can't be a suicide. There's too much weirdness around this. There's a ton of weirdness around this case. And I mean, I think a lot of it leads to not a suicide for sure. But kind of like the cops, like you can't say that it wasn't. Right. So they tried more advanced technology. They were like, OK, what about DNA? What about isotope testing? What about all that kind of stuff? You you know, dental examination, stuff like that. So they went back and they tried to examine the teeth and the organs and stuff that were removed at autopsy and they couldn't find them. And it turned out somebody was just like, oh, those smell bad. So we got rid of them, of course. <laughs> Sounds like I was in charge of their back office. Yeah. They ended up finding them in a remote warehouse at some point, And they ended up doing the isotope testing and carbon dating on her teeth. And it turned out, based on those results, they think that she was born somewhere near Nuremberg, Germany. And then she moved closer to the Germany-France border when she was like a early teenager they figured this stuff out with her teeth yeah they also with her teeth did carbon dating and they figured out that she was probably older than she had said she was on most of her passports most of her passports listed her birth year somewhere between like 1940 and 1945 and they think based on the carbon dating on her teeth that she was probably born in around 1930 that makes sense either a little before or a little after yeah. so she was probably a little older than people thought she was yeah but that makes sense i know for women born in that time period and like that they that was pretty common because obviously the older the woman you were the less quote unquote like valuable for lack of a better term employers thought you were so i mean i can definitely understand that yeah or if you're trying to hide your identity <laughs> You don't want people that to know how too, old you yeah, are. Definitely. Yeah. So to this day, she has not been identified, which has led to theory land. I was going to make a noise. And right as I did, like I started yawning. So like, sorry about that. All right. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. Sorry to bore you, bud. We're almost done. No, I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> bored at all. I'm not bored. I just happened to yawn when we got to yeah. theory land. I was going to make a noise, but. All right. Anyway. So the first and like main theory that is pretty prevalent was that she was some sort of spy. This was the Cold War. Yep. And Norway had experienced other strange disappearances in the 60s, close to military bases and all that kind of stuff. And most of that stuff traced back to international espionage. Okay. This makes sense. So spy shit was going on in Norway in yeah. the 70s, 60s and 70s. So some of the main points on that theory is that she changed her names and ID a lot. She traveled around a lot. She didn't leave any names or tags on things to try to, you know, trace back to anything. And having that many passports probably meant that she had some sort of money or connections because I'm sure fake passports aren't cheap. Unless you're a spy and the government gives them to you. Yeah. They're not cheap, but they are cheap if you're a spy for a country. Like, then <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. probably a lot less expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Because the connections you got. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. You know, you know a guy. One of the other pros for the spy theory, too, was that there was a witness that came out later that said that he had seen her or a woman that looked like her watching military maneuvers when they were testing the penguin missile which was some super top secret missile that they created in Norway around this time 
And when the investigators look back at her travel logs, three of the places in her travel logs that they confirmed were also Penguin missile testing sites at the time that she was there. Okay. A lot of that lines up with the spy theory and the fact that she was seen with multiple men in a lot of these cases with these witnesses, but never the same man. So it always seemed like she was with a different man. Well, I mean, death doesn't necessarily make her a spy. Yeah. No, I know, but that's what some people think is like it was like a handler meeting her to give her her next mission or something. Right. So some of the spy cons <laughs> that some people argue is the changing of the names and the IDs. So although some people argue that that's spy behavior, <laughs> other people argue like that. Me? Yeah, but other people argue like real spies that they've interviewed say that that's not a thing. Like you use an identity and you have documentation galore to back it up. You don't just use an ID and then burn it and then use another ID and burn it. Like that's suspicious to be using a bunch of fake names. I guess if you talk to a spy and that's what they said, we'll go with that. Cause well, I didn't <laughs> talk to a spy. I watched an interview with a spy. I know. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Shut up. But who knows if he was really a spy? It's like, what? where's your spy credentials? What? How do we prove yeah. you're a spy? We don't know. He could just been a guy that was know? like, I'm a spy. And it's like, well, okay. Well, no, dude, you're a peeping Tom. There's a big difference. Yeah, we don't know. So the other thing is the ripping the labels off of everything and taking the names off of everything. That's not spy behavior. Even though it sounds like it, it's not. Because they're going to want a backstory and be able to prove their, you know, they don't want any questions about their identity. So their fake name would be on all those things. You know, that prescription bottle would have the fake identity, not just the label ripped off. Yeah. So I don't know. The spy thing could go either way. A lot of people think that she might have been a spy. And it, there's a lot of th- reasons that I she mean, could be. I mean, it's possible she was a bad spy, right? Like, or yeah. maybe she was her own kind of spy. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe she just was like, hey, guys, I'm a spy. And she just decided she was a yeah. spy. Maybe nobody was like, hey, here's how you be yeah, a spy. Yeah, nobody trained her. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe she was like, being a spy sounds cool and just jumped <laughs> yeah. right in. Well, that's another theory is <laughs> some sort of other espionage, like corporate espionage or some kind of criminal gang, maybe. Then she wouldn't have been like a professional spy, like a government spy, you know? What if she worked for some company that was trying to get secrets from some competitive company, you know? She wouldn't need like a government backing her to be that kind of a spy. (laughs) Yeah. Plus the criminal gang aspect, like if she was involved in some sort of check fraud scheme, because there was a big check fraud gang that was busted right after this. Then that would make sense why she would need all the different IDs and passports, but they wouldn't be as good as like a CIA or a KGB or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Knock, knock. Yeah. (laughs) Can you come back later? (laughs) You knew where I was going. (laughs) The KGB waits for no one. So another major theory is that it was an accident while she was hiking and she just fell and died. But that does not explain the 50 to 70 sleeping pills or the fact that she was set on fire. Right? So I don't know how that's a... I could get behind this. She was just hiking and died like a lot of people. But like the sleeping pill thing, like, okay, maybe she was hiking and died by doing that. 
but why was she on fire? And why did she have so many passports? And, you know, like there's still so much that isn't answered there. And maybe she was just a weirdo and had a bunch of passports yeah. and pretended to be a spy and then took 70 sleeping pills and went on a hike. But how did she end up on yeah. fire? Well, I'm going to surprise you with my theory because like, I have a theory that explains all that. So, oh, oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. But it's not real. It's not what happened, but it's my theory. I'm interested then. Besides the obvious who she was, the only other unanswered question is whether it was homicide or suicide. In the murder case, I guess somebody would have forced her to take the sleeping pills and then set her on fire. Or maybe she took the sleeping pills voluntarily and then somebody set her on fire. Like maybe she went up there to to do this herself and then ran into a bad actor. Yeah, I... I see where that's going. It's possible, I suppose, but that doesn't sound very likely, right? No. It also doesn't seem very likely that she could have carried all that stuff to where, like the suicide yeah, theory. That's me, another, yeah, you're right. That's the biggest thing that doesn't make sense is that some of those sleeping pills in her system were already in her bloodstream and digested. So if she had taken them before she went up there, how did she carry all that stuff? How was she even standing upright? And then even if she didn't, even if she took them while she was up there, how did she get all that stuff up there with her? She would have had to carry all that by herself. That just, yeah. to me, it doesn't seem as likely. Right. Yeah. It doesn't seem very likely to me either. Unless she had some sort of bag that they didn't find, like a backpack or something that blew away in the wind or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that that would make sense. That would be the only way, though, if she had some kind of backpack or duffel bag or something to get everything with her. Which I guess isn't out of the, I mean, out of the question. Maybe somebody dumped the stuff and, and took the bag with them because they thought this will have, no, I don't know. I know. Nothing really makes sense with this case, which is why I think everybody's like, well, she was a spy. Because that's the only thing that, like, makes sense is like, okay, she was a spy, she did something wrong, and they got rid of her. Because there is some secretive stuff that came out in 2016 after they reopened all of that stuff. There was some stuff that came out about the Norway Secret Service type agency, and they actually had a file on this Jane Doe, even though they, for a lot of years, said they didn't have a file on her. And they turned it over, so it's like there wasn't anything in it that was like, yeah, we know who killed her, but right. or we know who she is. But there's a lot of people that are like, well, why did you ne- deny that you had that file for so long if she wasn't involved in some sort of spy situation? A lot of people also think because she was born near Nuremberg, Germany, and then moved toward, like closer to France in her early teens, which would have been right around World War II, that maybe she grew up Jewish and she was like, trying to escape Nazi Germany. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But nothing really ever came about from them figuring out that she was probably born near Nuremberg. So I don't know. What's your theory? I mean, I think she was a spy. I don't think she was a very good one, but I think <laughs> she was a spy. I, I, I know that's the popular one and maybe that's why I'm going with it, but nothing else makes sense. And honestly, her being a spy is the coolest one of them all. So... Yeah, so you're going with spy. I think I'm going to go with spy. Yeah, and I, and you know, and I. Okay, but then what happened to her? Was she murdered or did she commit suicide? Oh, that's a really hard one. So I would say suicide nine times out of ten, except for the the fire thing. That one really throws me for a loop because. <laughs> 
how would she have done that with all these sleeping pills? Even if like she's like, you know, about to fall asleep and goes, okay, I'm going to light the match or like whatever. Yeah. But 70, I mean, that's so many. And yeah, that's a lot. It's so many. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's a lot. And I can't imagine anybody being able to force somebody to take that many pills. And that, like, to me, it feels like she took the pills. I think she took the pills, but... Maybe Don't. with a gun to her head, maybe, right. but my theory is that she might have had some mental health problems, which was why she was moving furniture in and out of bedrooms and being somewhat anxious or weird, like people say. And she went up there to commit suicide and she took all those sleeping pills and then maybe she laid there and when she fell asleep, she had a cigarette in her mouth and it lit her clothes on fire or her eczema cream was flammable and it went up in flames. The eczema cream being flammable. Wow, that's a a really interesting thought. Yeah, because that brand of eczema cream has paraffin in it, which is flammable. So, sure. I don't know. Another theory that we didn't go over either was this, that she was a sex worker theory. Because that, whether she was or wasn't, I mean doesn't really it doesn't really yeah it doesn't really explain yeah. anything or it would have explained know. like her being around different men and never the same man yeah but, but that's about it and none of the hotel staff ever said that she brought men back to her room or anything like that so there was one that said that she there was a man in the room when she came in but that was it like there it wasn't like she was constantly bringing men in and out so yeah pretty interesting huh yeah this lady could have been a spy or she could have just been Somebody else who had passports. Yeah. So in 2019, BBC reported that Colleen Fitzpatrick, which is one of the founders of the DNA Doe Project, she had offered assistance on this case. But there's been nothing further that I've seen on that. Like, I haven't seen anything on DNA Doe Project's website or anything that they have ever worked on this case or that it's pending or anything. So don't forget to change your Amazon smile to DNA Doe Project because someday they might solve the Eastall woman. You can visit us at our Instagram at From Crime to Crime, our TikTok at From Crime to Crime, our Twitter. Do I think we still have Twitter at From Crime, the number two crime, and our uh, email. I was going to say our podcast, but you're already here, so you know where the podcast is. But our email is From Crime to Crime Podcast at gmail.com. Did I get them all right? Oh, I think so. I wasn't listening. I figured. Yeah, that's okay. Because I really have zero interest in emailing you. I talk to you way too much. You could send me some emails and then I could get back to you a little bit later. No. But instead, you choose to send me text messages often throughout the day. Little yep. emails <laughs> often throughout the day to me. <laughs> and lots of phone calls. And lots of phone calls. Yep. Well, hey, this was great. Thank you for putting this one on. I like uh, I liked learning about this one and I'm pretty sure she was a spy. So. Yep. And stay tuned next week, guys, because we're going to do a case that involves one of Grant's favorite activities. I know we talked about it, but I already forgot what it is. So hang on. Line dancing. Know- oh, yeah. That's right. It was that one. I was thinking mushroom hunting, and I was like, I don't know any, any cases like that, but- um, Tons. Have you not noticed that lately, like every time somebody finds a body, it's like, oh, they were out hunting for mushrooms. It's like, what are you talking about? Is that a real thing? I thought Grant oh was the only gosh. person who does that. Dude, I thought so too, but it seems to be taking off. Like the more I look into it, the more people are joining the craze. And I'm just telling you now, you can get in on it right now before it's too late. But dude, mushrooms are going to heal the world. I inoculated um, an oak stump we have in the backyard last night. So hopefully- I don't know what uh, three quarters of the words you just said mean. So I'm going (laughs) to stop pretending like I do and I'm going to end this conversation. (laughs) 
<laughs> but well, because you started it like a pyramid scheme. You were like, here, you can get in on this on the ground floor. I'm like, no, Grant, you know how this works. I'll draw you the picture of it. It's a pyramid scheme. It's not Don't a pyramid like scheme. That. It's just it's a chance to experience this before it's like a mainstream thing. No, th- I'll wait till it's a mainstream thing. Well, you won't have to wait too long. Hmm. So you think so? I do. All right. I think it, it's coming. It's coming. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're, riding, we're done. We're riding that wave. Oh, all right. Okay. All no, right. we're done with mushrooms. We're done with waves. I'm over all of it. Are we? Are we playing Tyson's fiddle music out already? Yeah, we should be. All right. Well, I love you. I love you too. I'll call you more than you want me to. Always and forever. Okay. Bye. <laughs>